Hey Dreamers, this is Andrew Zappley from West Effort, New Jersey. One thing I want to tell the world is cook. Try your hardest and you will succeed. Hey Dreamers, I'm Joe Pardo and I'm joined by my boy Matt Borelli over here. Hello. And uh, so this week, uh, my guest on Dreamers Podcast is the awesome Matt Marr. Uh, you thought I was going to say Matt Pirelli. You were, you were nodding I was your head. I was hoping. <laughs> he, uh, he has his own podcast, uh, and it, it, you, you got to check it out. The dude is awesome. I was on his show a while back. Uh, he's, a, he's a therapist. He's an actor. He's been in some commercials. Uh, I think he was in like an Expedia commercial, or uh, what's the one with the gnome? Uh, Travelocity, yeah, uh, I think it was Travel. He's, I think it was a Travelocity commercial or something like that. It was really, it was really funny. Um, anyway, yeah, go, stay tuned to check out that interview later on in the episode. But uh, right now we're live streaming on Facebook Live, of course. So if you're not following me on Facebook, you need to be so you can uh, check this out the day before. We're recording this on Monday, and it comes out on Tuesday as always at 8 a.m. at the new DreamersPodcast.com or superjoeparto.com depending how you want to get there it's all the same site and it's all awesome so if you haven't checked out superjoeparto.com yet uh you need to because it 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 is uh definitely a a piece of piece of art there matt how was your week it was good i finally got around to uh, cleaning up my storage unit so i've been uh cataloging packaging and pricing on everything in there and much in the, the way you were selling all your stuff on amazon i'm trying to follow in your footsteps and get rid of a lot of this junk so it's not it junk. Come well, on. Okay, it's I a... mean, if it was junk, no one would be buying it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it feels good to actually finally, you know, make some headway with it. So um, I'm happy about that. And I'm looking forward to clearing out some stuff I no longer use. And Yeah, stuff that you're just carrying around. It's almost like an anchor, right? Like the anchor that Mr. Krabs lives it, in. <laughs> it really can be, yeah. I and mean, it's just... Uh... Stuff I actually, that, I bet you that's a metaphor for like him, like never letting go of anything. Well, anything green, that's you know. That's yeah, well, doing. yeah, that too. It's it's his own personal jail. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so this week there was a lot. In fact, last week, uh, I forgot to talk about. I wrote an article about Leonardo Leonardo mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio and how he uh won his first Oscar. And I I meant to bring this up last week, but I totally blanked when it came time to look at my notes. But this time I got my notes on right right under here. And uh, I wrote an article talking about how his per- he stayed persistent, regardless of the fact of how many times that he either should have been nominated and or should have been nominated and won Best Actor of the Year. Uh, and it, it, it's really, uh, it's, it's a shame, but at the same time, like, it, it, it just goes to show you, like, it doesn't matter how good you think you are uh, or how good you other people think you are. Uh, you, you need to, to continue to put in the work and need to continue to do better and keep pressing and keep be, do, doing things that are uh, more and more difficult for you to do, especially acting, right? Because acting is a, like, it's basically a form of lying. And, you know, the better the lie, the better it is that you, and you pull it off, the better it is in general, right? Like the, the more believable you can make it, the better uh, actor you would be rather than like, oh, I'm going to play, uh, Joe Pardo, uh, average white boy that lives in the suburbs. Well, I, I already do, so there wouldn't be much lying going on there. So nobody's going to be like, oh, Joe, you played that part so well. Like, yeah, because that's my life. I mean. <laughs> I, I really never thought of it in terms of lying before. But, yeah, no, I, I see your point. 
And yeah, I was happy for him. I mean, I've a couple times, like especially uh, I'm trying to think of recent movies. I had the Wolf the, on Wall Street, The Departed, if nothing the else. Departed. Oh such my a god! Good movie. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, in a remake, no less. But or even uh, I mean, I really liked uh, Shutter Island. I know it wasn't. I like Shutter Island. It's not a, it was a great movie. Great. Uh, okay, I wouldn't it say was it's a great. It was. Movie. It was that engaging. It was. Yeah. It was. It, it you know kept you glued to your seat um, with your eyeballs to the to the. But screen everything i've seen him in uh, catch me if you can i mean he's always oh man i don't yeah. know how he went for that that was amazing too like it's just movie after movie that he, he didn't uh get either get nominated or didn't win so you know it's but but that just goes to show you like you gotta stay persistent like anything that's worth doing is worth doing well and then in his case worth doing like a lot. i don't know like 40 <laughs> times or something like that something ridiculous over and over and over again um, but you know, so, so yeah, go check out the articles at superjoeparto.com. Uh, if you hit the search button at the top, you can type in Leo or just go through the, uh, recent articles to scroll down, keep scrolling until you find, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio holding his, his gold statue. Uh, so another article I wrote, uh, I guess it wasn't this week, but it was the last week was how well do you know yourself? And, uh, basically it was, it was an article talking about it's, it, it spawned. I don't really want to get into what, what spawned it or what, how it came about in my mind. But, um, basically I, I want people to like take a step back, look in the mirror and then ask themselves like, how really well do you know yourself? Like, what are your faults? What are your, what, you know, how, what are your strengths? What are you good at? What are you not so good at? Uh, and I, I wish I could remember, I should have the article in front of me, but I don't, um, but go check it out at superjoeparter.com. And, and I want you guys to all like take a serious look at yourselves and, and make a, make a note of what you're good at, what you could be better at. And, and actually it was funny. I, I don't want to say what the project is yet, but, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to be working on another project, uh, which we'll talk a little bit later. Uh, but I was going through some of the papers that I was looking like that I had written like 10, 15 years ago. And, and I actually had done all of this stuff. Um, even like, I didn't even know about it, like that I had written it, but like a whole list of things that I wanted to get better at and be like, be and do better at. So, um, so yeah, so I was doing that like way before it was cool to do, <laughs> do it. I think, I, I think, I don't know when that list was written. It was probably like 2003 or 2004 if I had to guess. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really want people to do that. Take, take a step back, look at yourself in the mirror and, and figure out if you really know yourself, how well do you know yourself and get to know yourself better so you can make better decisions for yourself going forward. Yeah. It's something I had to do recently when I was going for a job interview. Uh, it was one of the suggestions was to really, you know, make a self-evaluation, you know, because you, you never know what's going to come up in an interview and you have to be able to uh, you know, explain away certain faults or, and you know, more importantly to illustrate your talents. And, and, you know, until you really sit down there and really think about it and really, you know, kind of make a bullet point list, you tend to overlook a lot of things, especially, you know, if you start to think about, well, you know, I, I, certain things you just take for granted. And, um, you know, well, and there, there are benefits or skills, but, you know, you're so used to doing them or it's so inherent to the person that you are, you don't really think of them as being anything special. And the interviewer might, might look at it a little bit differently. It's like, oh, you know, you're so motivated. Or, you know, you, you can really pick anything that's beneficial. But, yeah, even outside of a job interview, I can see that being helpful and just, you know, in ways of determining what your next step in life is. Or, like I said, there's always room for improvement. You know, you can always find a new way to better yourself. And, and you know, in doing so, helps the other people around you. You know, the better you are, uh, the, 
the more the more happy you are, and then the more happy everybody else has to uh, to put up with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And and the better are you can be at understanding other people and other that, situations, right? Because right? right. if you don't even understand yourself, then uh, it's really tough for you to understand how other people think and look and act and all that stuff. And it might even help you, you know, if you're feeling depressed or down and really kind of narrow down, you know, what's what's the root cause? Like, yeah, I mean, sure, something bad happens, you're going to feel negatively about it, but if there's no one particular event and you just had this ongoing series of, man, like I'm always just so, I don't know, out of it. I don't, I don't feel, I feel out of touch with the world. I feel out of touch with myself. That's a good time to like stop and really just kind of dig into, okay, what, what's, what's going on? What, what could I do to, to get out of this funk, uh, so to speak? To always be questioning things. Sure. Yeah. So that's what I wrote in my book. Um, another thing, cause I have a whole list of stuff here. Uh, so another thing is I wanted to give everybody an update on selling stuff, you know, going through the everything pays rent chapter of my, uh, 31 life changing concepts book. Uh, okay. So I, so far have brought in, I think, uh, the last total was, uh, just shy of $1,800 so far. And I still have like so much stuff left to go. The garage is still sprawling with tables and things and, and all that. So, uh, there, there's still plenty plenty to go um on that front but i'm making progress every day i've been to the post office every single day that it's been open and i actually just got a sale for another item so now i have a reason to go to the post office tomorrow just when i thought oh no it's gonna be tomorrow and i'm not gonna have a reason to go to the post office to see the two nice ladies that i've become very friendly with there uh i'm gonna have a reason to go and gonna have another item to ship and hopefully at least another two or three items to ship by by tomorrow morning so, cause you it's just, it's surprising sometimes what people find use in, but, uh, it, it definitely, it definitely helps me unload more stuff. Uh, and, and as for you making progress and in, in doing your stuff. So I'm, I'm really happy that you've made that progress. And I really want to, I appreciate your help this morning, uh, making a Franken box for a ab rocket. If you don't know what an ab rocket is, go check it out. Um, we had to fit it into a box that it's, it's, it kind of sticks. It only went to Maryland, but, um, but you know, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry, Melissa broke my train of thought. Thanks, Melissa. Um, <clears throat> she says she's sorry, everyone. Um, great. So yeah, so I, I appreciate your help the, uh, this morning with that, making the Franken box at, it was out of, it was like two boxes that we like taped together to make a big enough box to get this thing shipped out. Uh, let's see. So another thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, I'm working with Sarah McKelvey, who is, uh, Alex McKelvey's mom. Now, if you don't know Al- who Alex McKelvey is, you need to go back to uh, Dreamers Podcast episode number something something. Uh, I know that's not a real number, but basically, she was a little girl. Uh, I think she was seven, and she decided that when her grandmother died, uh, that she wanted to do something nice. And her grandmother was really big on random acts of kindness, so she was like. Mom, let's do, you know, 60 random acts of kindness to, to celebrate, you know, grandmom's life. So they did it. And then she's like, okay, well, now we're going to add a zero. <laughs> so they did 600. Mm-hmm. Uh, 600. And now, uh, and it's, it's already been like over a year uh, since since I had ta- la- you know, not last talked to her, but last talked to her on the show. And now they did 6,000. And <clears throat> now... Um, they, you know, of course, Alex was like, oh, well, we're just going to add another zero. Well, that's that's 60,000 in a year. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> like, that's a lot, a lot. So 
So actually, I think what, what, what they're working towards now is actually setting up a, a foundation, uh, a nonprofit organization to inspire kids to do random acts of kindness. So they actually have a book that they're going to be working on that I'm going to be uh, helping them through the process of putting it together. And actually, um, my brother-in-law, uh, Matt, was going to do the illustrations for the book. So, uh, so we're really pumped about, uh, about all that. And I got to help them put the website together. If you go to shiningkindness.com, uh, there's a website page there. You can enter your email address in to get more information once they have it. I mean, all this is still uh, formulating as we go along. But one of the things that they're going to do, and I, I wanted to bring this up in the show, is for one of their, their to, to get a thousand random acts of kindness, they're going to donate $1,000 <laughs> to a Starbucks so that the Starbucks can pay for people through the drive through with that $1,000 till it runs out and hand them a card. To, to let the person know that this was part of the, you know, there's 6,000 random acts of kindness. Yeah. I remember reading about that, the, uh, Starbucks, uh, pay it forward, um, event. And yeah, pretty much it started off early in the morning. I mean, it was, it was like running all day long and they thought it was going to just run until the store closed and they would be able to take the remaining balance, put it on a gift card and just kind of continue it the next day. And they got to the, I think it was the 160th customer who refused at that point to pay it forward. And they're like, well, we don't think you really understood the whole concept of it. Because everybody else is, you know, totally, you know, totally for it. You <laughs> There's know, always somebody that doesn't understand. Oh, yeah, I'll pay for next guy in line, then he'll pay for the next guy, and, you know, so on and so forth. I'm like, yeah, it's it's a neat idea, but, um, yeah, it just, you know, it takes one person to just... Uh, <laughs> To, to throw right. it off, you know, one one grump's got to come in there. And yeah, it for we don't need no no grumpies allowed. <laughs> um, actually, Alex McKelvey was on my show back on April sixteenth, two thousand fifteen, episode one sixty five. So uh, I mean, we're already at episode like two twenty. I think is, is is today's episode, but um, but yeah. So so they're looking to do basically go to one Starbucks and give a thousand dollars and and how you know have it pay forward. So uh, hopefully that that works out, and they'll be getting the you know giving out these little cards that have the website on it, and they'll be getting emails, and hopefully they'll be able to help uh, use that to to launch their book and the foundation and all that. So I'm really proud to to say that I'm getting to work with uh, the, the the Shining Kindness Foundation and Alex and Sarah, and uh, I believe their husband's name is or her husband's name is Rich. Um, but I, I might be mistaken. I just met him for the first time the other day, so I apologize if I got it wrong. Uh, let's see. The next thing was I wanted to give a quick shout out to Amy J from the Chasing, um, Chasing Dreams. Uh, is it is it Chasing? It's Chasing Dreams podcast, which I think is is Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Uh, Amy is spelled A I M E E with a, like the letter J period at the end, you should go check out her podcast. I was on episode number 25 that came out back in January. Really great show. Really happy. I got to meet her at podcast movement. She sent me a, a very nice thank you card for being on the show and this awesome. And if you can't see this, cause you're listening to the show the next day on Tuesday, uh, follow me on Facebook and you can watch it on Facebook live. Uh, it's really awesome. Uh, what is it called? Um, uh, uh, See, I always think like it was a, like, like the a, uh, what was it? I, the Scauses from from South Park. The, the they made fun of like Doctor Seuss. It was like Doctor Seuss. Yeah, I remember the episode. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to get get up on your thing. But um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's a it's like a silicone bracelet. 
So uh, I really appreciate that. And I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to uh, my boy Eric Thomas from easyawareness.com who sent me in these really awesome, he does uh, Inspirewear, and he sent me these awesome bracelets as well as an Inspire, and I'm showing this again, if you know, you're on Facebook Live, you can follow me there. Uh, it's, it's a t-shirt that says Inspire, which is awesome, can't wait to wear that, as well as a decal that says Inspired in the same, uh, the same font. So absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Eric, for sending this stuff out to me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a picture with it uh, a little bit later once I get some more time. I've been so busy, so busy today, as Matt can attest to. Um, haven't really had much time to, to think for myself or Definitely. think to myself. Um, last week, on a, as a follow-up for last week, you had mentioned that uh, cassette tapes were coming back. And I, you know, just just the quick mention that the uh, uh, Eminem is is re-releasing his uh, the Slim Shady LP on cassette tape. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like I don't have any cassette players. I guess people are gonna. I guess if, like, if we go to like Hot Topic or something, we could buy a cassette player. I don't. I don't know. I wonder. You know, I just wonder if you go on eBay now, <laughs> the price is suddenly gonna skyrocket. I bet a, you it is. Sony Walkmans. I, I, I wouldn't be. You know, I'm gonna type in Walkman right now on eBay and see what happens. Let's see, Walk. Oh, it's probably going to be the digital player. Oh, seventeen dollars for a stereo cassette player with AM, FM, earbuds. We, you know what? That's with free shipping, and seventy six have been sold. So maybe we should be jumping on. So I think they just stopped making Walkman only like a few years ago. I don't. I I think they were still making that that stuff not not that long ago. Here's a vintage one, uh, vintage Walkman for twenty bucks. <laughs> Here's a uh, or no two three dollars uh, with zero bids. Should be jumping on that. Uh, collectible vintage. This one it doesn't look that. It looks, looks like it's probably from the nineties. It's like inspired by like the the Sony CD Discman. I just feel like I should be able to walk into a Goodwill and there should just be a box at the front of the store with Walkmans. You know, like a dollar piece and just free just scoop them up. Well, free. Yeah, free. Just, just just take them, please, yeah. please take them. Though I, I mean I could see these prices going up over time. Uh yeah, I mean pretty much well ten dollars to twenty bucks, but I think even towards the end of their their lifespan, you could get them for like twenty twenty to thirty dollars. Oh, I mean if it continues the trend, and I, I I guess it's certainly possible. I mean I wouldn't have expected uh anybody re, uh, to be re-releasing an album on a cassette, much less yeah. Marshall Mathers. But hey, all right. Yeah, well, I mean, this, the album has sold like five million copies already, so which is okay. incredible. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, um, I don't know. Apparently, cassettes are coming back to the landfill. Yeah, to, no, yeah, coming back from the landfill, like uh, zombies, <laughs> zombie cassettes coming out of the landfill to to wreak their revenge on us. I thought you'd be all about this. I mean, you do have that. Let's mix it up. Uh... I do painting on the wall. I, I do have that, uh, but I, I, I'm I'm all for it, but it doesn't I, it doesn't mean I gotta buy them. I I respect where where, where it came from, like and it's it should stay there. Teach his own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I would have preferred there to be vinyl and it say let's mix it up, but mixtapes makes more sense to more people than you know djs so okay so let's see the other thing that i two other things i wanted to talk about before we jump off here 
Uh, business goals. I wrote an article about my business goals for this year. And obviously there's like way more that I want to accomplish than just these couple of things. But I also recognize the fact that, you know, we're going to be having a kid. It's going to be kind of hectic and it's going to be a different experience. And I'm going to need to develop new skills that, uh, I didn't have prior to having a kid and, and all that. So I, I recognize all that. And it's, and the whole sleep thing, like I, I get, it. and I don't sleep necessarily a whole lot uh as it is but i wanted to talk real quick about one of the thing one of the goals that i had written was uh to release three books this year this year now with that said i have uh i have the ideas for two of the three books uh the third book is still kind of up and i'm up in the air about but i was thinking about my boy Kanye West and I was thinking about the impact that his album uh was it my dark twisted uh, fantasy, fantasy or something yeah, like that yeah is that was that the, is that the ex- exact name um yeah, the, I, uh, power was the big uh, yeah power yeah, yeah 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 power but I mean the, the the album as a whole like the dramaticness of the album actually caused um I know reading an interview with uh that band fun they scrapped their second album and started over after they heard that album mm. because of the the darkness because of the uh the 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 dramaticness of it or the drama of of the album and even though it's like not all real stuff like like most of the album is not based on anything real it's that's the whole point of the album is like this is it's dark and it's it's different right um so i was thinking about like what if i did a book based around that stuff but i used my poetry from like 15 years ago to create to create this this embody like this story this involved like so to me it's like i have all this material and i have a ton of material in fact hold on a second if you're on facebook live you can check this out i have this whole binder full of stuff of writings um some of it's probably pretty embarrassing uh to say the least but uh but a lot of it's you know only been maybe read by like a couple of people so what my idea was was to, to for my next book is to take these writings and turn them into a, a you know a, not like I don't know if I would call it my third book so much as maybe I would call it like my 2.5 book, right? So like I have my first book, The 31 Concepts, How to Dream Big and Win is my second book. My third book or second, my 2.5 book would be this. Um, and then maybe do a 2.75 book based around all of the blog art, like the thou- like literally a thousand blog posts that I've done um, over, over the course of, I think the first, the, the well, uh, they go back, I think, before 2011, because I took I t- had posts from from old sites that I did and brought them in. So like that would be like my 2.75 book, and then my third book would be, well, I mean, realistically, I, at that point, I I would be at um, five books. But, but but you see what I'm saying, right? Like the idea of like original content that was produced just for a book. That would be uh, that would be that book. That would be the third book. 
Have you read through this material since you... Uh, no. Though, though Melissa was peering over some of this stuff, and she was... Um, I thought she had read most of this stuff personally, but I guess she had not. So I, I don't, I don't know. Like I haven't gone through it yet to know, but I, I have a lot of ideas of ways that I can creatively mix it in with like storytelling to not make it more than just like, here's a poetry book that Joe did like from, you know, 15 years ago. Well, what if you were to, you know, create a book where you had the, uh, the original poetry on, on one page and on the second page, uh, a newer poem and, you know, response to the first one, just, you know, cause you're in two different places, obviously in your life, you know, you were 15 years ago, you're feeling one way about something and like, okay, here's <laughs> no, I just, you know, as an example, well, a, lot of, a lot of it's not happy stuff. I'll tell well, you I was that. Just saying, like either what has or hasn't changed. Um, almost in a way you're having a conversation with your past self, so to speak. That that's quite a, po- a possibility. I mean, that's like what I was saying, like trying to do like uh, work in a storytelling element to it. So realistically, it probably will be. I will consider it my third book, uh, you know. But in, when I was thinking about it and how I was going to um, be doing it, it, to me, it was like, well, this really isn't like a third book so much as like the book between the third books. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do yet. But I feel like if I do this and I do my my the other book idea I have. Um, then I'll probably get there, right? Like I will, I'm positive that I will get to that third book. So, um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's going to, it's going to take a little bit of time, especially with, uh, with Ava coming and all that. It's going to be, um, it, it's going to take, it's going to take some time, especially to peer over. I mean, this, there, dude, there's a lot of material in these books. So we, and I, of course I opened it up and there's a blank page, but, but you know, <laughs> there's a lot of material here and, and I got to go like pour through it in order to to get to that so i'll I'll keep you up on you know updated on that and the progress as that goes and the last thing and we're we're running out of time here but the last thing i wanted to talk about was i watched the madoff special from abc it's all about bernie madoff and like the craziness of this guy who uh made everyone believe that he was some kind of like wizard or magician or something and could pull money uh and make money for people even when the um, the stock market was down and it was really just an elaborate actually not so elaborate ponzi scheme um and basically i just wanted to say that uh it's a perfect example that pretty much most people around you are faking it and they're lying to you even if they even if they're sitting there with a dead straight face on like you know like straight faced, like, cause it was one year, not even a year or just a couple, like a year before he got ca- uh, caught doing what he was doing. He was like talking about, um, he was like on a panel and he's like, Oh yeah, the stock market, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, none of that was real. None of that was based on anything. Cause guess what? Dude wasn't reading. Dude wasn't doing any research. He wasn't any, he wasn't anything but a con artist. And that's pretty much what it came down to. So I just want people to like, you know, really like really take a look deep at not just the, like, like we started in the beginning, not just themselves, but understand yourself. So you can understand other people as well. And you can see through that, like that, that veil of, of BS to, to put it nicely. Um, so yeah. So, uh, Bernie mouth, hope you, uh, rot, even though he's being treated like a King in prison, apparently. I guess rightfully so. He's the king among thieves, so you know, fifty billion dollars and all. But uh, we're about to we're about to run out of time. So, uh, my uh, to, to Matt, I really appreciate you you coming to hang out. 
Oh, he's like you. he's like my Robin, uh, not Batman and Robin, but Robin <laughs> from uh, Howard Stern. So I uh, I really appreciate him coming in here. I'll, thought, I'll have to start laughing at your jokes more frequently. <laughs> is that what she does? Is that her thing? It seems like it's a lot of it. And I, and I I you know I love the show. I think Howard Stern is a fantastic interviewer. Even if you don't care for his more juvenile comedy, um, which I don't, but which is perfectly fine. But he has a way of getting people off guard and whether it'll just open up and even some stuff like like jim carrey like yeah i think he's okay but his interview about how he went on the spiritual journey and found himself like that was just really fascinating i hadn't seen anything like that anywhere else but uh yeah real quick howard stern if you ever go back and listen to the 9-11 show on youtube hmm. that i think is a perfect example of uh, him and his best in terms of you know all the juvenile humor aside it's like somebody giving a very heartfelt um uh, account of what's going Looking for of, of what was happening. Just it would really. It's even now. It's hard to go back and listen to. Mm. So, you know, uh, well, I'm sure it is. I mean, but if yeah. you're looking for, if you're not going to listen to anything else, that's something I would listen and just see if that doesn't change your opinion about the uh, about the person. Right, right, right. No, I, I love him, especially on uh, America's Got Talent. But well, he's great there. It's, too. it's a shame that he's gone <laughs> on that show. Uh, <laughs> some big shoes to fill. Well, we're running down on our final minute here. So uh, thank you again, Matt, for, for joining me once again. Hey, and um, th this time next week, uh, I should be a daddy. So uh, that's that's always exciting. You can bring Ava in as the uh, special guest. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's even making noises at that yeah. point. Um, <laughs> she can chew on the microphone. <laughs> Uh, you know, so stay tuned for my guest, Matt Marr, coming up here on Dreamers Podcast. It was a really awesome interview. And uh, if you get a chance, go check out his show. And uh, it's in the show notes at superjoeparter.com. And if you're not following me on Facebook, go follow me. It's uh, facebook.com slash partojoe. It's backwards. So uh, thanks again for watching on Facebook Live. And thanks for listening to Dreamers Podcast. Hey Dreamers, this show is made possible by listeners like you. If you love the work that has been done so far, please consider going to howtodream.co slash donate to contribute. Thank you so much for your consideration and support. Today I'm talking with the awesome Matt Marr who is making his dreams come true by helping people share their stories, just like we're doing right here. Welcome to the show, Matt. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, everybody. Uh, nice to be here. It's nice to have you here. Uh, sh should I call you Matt or Maddie? You can call me. So you, I grew up being called, my real name's, well, if I'm in trouble, it's Matthew. That's what my dad would call me back in Oklahoma. But um, my, mo my mom and my dad call me Matthew. Everybody else calls me Matt. But then I had one aunt who called me Maddie. And then I used to teach at a, a summer camp when I was in college. And the director, this woman from like this New York, like older Jewish woman, I applied for the camp and I was going to do teach theater. And she said, listen, we already have a Matt Moore who teaches theater. And you're Matt Ma. That's confusing. What do we call you? And I said, well, just call me Maddie, I guess. And then all my friends from California, I met there at that camp. And so now 
Everybody just calls me Maddie. So, so whatever you want. <laughs> Wait, what voice were you doing there? Because that sounded like New York. Like I'm not. You no, know, I'm an actor, but I'm not a good actor. I never said that. So I'm not really good at accents. So, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, Matt. Maddie, why don't you go into your background and how you got to the point, uh, you know, just where you're, you know, obviously you said you're from Oklahoma, you love acting, but how how did you get to the point where you liked helping people share their stories? You know, it's something that, um, first again, again, thanks for having me. This is my my first being on somebody's podcast, so I'm like, Oh, snap, really? I know, yeah, it's my first (laughs) one. Yay, put that mark. Um, So I'm a little nervous. But no, I think... I always, I think I was obsessed with stories. I mean, at a very young age. Um, And when I, you know, I I think everybody, you have a theme in your life. And so if you look back and you're like, kind of what are the themes that are the kind of the the major stories of my life? And for me, I mean, as a little kid, I was obsessed with Wonder Woman. I mean, I just like two years old, my mom has a picture of me in my diaper, red galoshes, jump rope. And had this horrible lisp, and I'd be like, "You have to have a twist." So, <laughs> so that was awesome. Also, being effeminate, but uh, it was a good time in Oklahoma. But no, I think why I loved I loved comics. So when I was a kid, it was all about comic books, and I loved Wonder Woman. Got me into Superman. It got me into Batman and reading comics, which you would think is a normal kid thing. But when you're a little kid in Oklahoma, everybody plays football and baseball. So that was kind of a different thing. That they're like, "Oh, Matt's a comic nerd." And then as I grew up, I was a singer. Um, I ended up getting my undergraduate degree in opera. Again, I, what I loved was just being on stage and telling a story. And then that kind of moved me out to California where I kind of pursued acting, but I really didn't have, I think, the the confidence to do it at that time. And then that transitioned into um, I went and got my master's in psychology and clinical psych. I became a therapist. And again, it's about helping people tell a story and actually became a narrative therapist, which is a therapist that focuses a lot on story. And then that kind of led to that led into my, my own podcast, which is, you know, an advice podcast of answering people's advice questions. And then also kind of refound acting again, which is again, telling people's stories. But I think from the main point of, I, Oh, also I was obsessed with Oprah as a kid, like obsessed. Like I was, I would run home after middle school and I would uh, I would record it. Um, and I remember I'd sit like on my fireplace and pre- almost pretend I was Oprah. So I would have it taped. And like before she would ask a question, I would pause it and see if I at first he was like, do I ask the same question, question Oprah would? And then that turned into me like wanting to ask my own questions just because I that was hugely important for me of hearing people share their story because I related to them when I was a little kid because I didn't relate to a lot of people around me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry, that, that was a long answer. Sorry. No, actually, that, that wasn't. A hush. No, that was not a long answer. I've had way longer answers from people when I ask about background. You're like, uh, the show's only an hour, people. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, a lot. Uh, some of my listeners would, would love for it to be an hour every time or 45 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes every time. But a lot of times it ends up being about a half hour. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so okay. So, you know, what's funny is, is, is you – you, uh, I think as, as a kid, a lot of people enjoyed uh, at least ones that had, were privied to uh, having like a tape recorder or a video camera or something like that, you know, enjoyed, ma- you know, making shows and stuff like that uh, because it's, it gives you some kind of creative outlet. It allows you to pretend in a way that uh, just, you know, it's like, well, if I just do it, 
nobody saw it. It's not, you know, mm. um, especially if you start getting into like editing ta- tape and, and stuff like that. But uh, I love uh, the, the amount of detail that you were interested in at, at a young age. And so I guess you were the kid that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was on Oprah for. <laughs> I, I did love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Me and Jeremy Cole, I remember, he was always Leonardo and I was Donatello because I, I, I just wanted to be smart. But uh, <laughs> he's still my favorite one to this day. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah, def- I mean, I, would, I was into the, you know, I love G.I. Joe and stuff like that too. But, yeah, I was – I don't know a lot of other middle school boys, especially in Oklahoma, that were obsessed with Oprah. You know? <laughs> but now that I've gotten older – because I'm gay, and so obviously, if you didn't know that, listeners. But now that I know a lot of gay men, I, a lot of them actually were attracted to Oprah, and a lot for the same reasons of myself is that we grew up in rural areas, and uh, we, you, you know, you saw. Because I remember growing up and thinking that, knowing that I was different, knowing that I was gay at a young age, and then seeing other people. Uh, are not seeing other people on TV or thinking like, oh, if you do that, then that means you want to dress up as a woman or something, and which just wasn't me or you were a pervert. Like, I didn't get it. And then when I saw people on Oprah talking about, you know, wanting to have a family and they have a dog and a white picket fence, and I was like, oh, that's like my life. And so it really, it really normalized that for me in a way that – um and am I, you know, it wasn't even just my, my family was awesome and very much like we love you no matter what, but it was just still in the community I was in. I, you know, I didn't play sports. I didn't do this. I literally am obsessed with like the Justice League and I just want to like, you know, make up stories with them. So, <laughs> well, you know, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I, I could see being alienated, especially in Oklahoma, uh, you know, back then it's, you know, the world is changing um, it's faster in some places than others. Yeah, I remember because I would do a little bit of sport. I really am not a sport person. I loved tennis because I it's I started loving tennis because I love the outfits. And then I, and then I started playing a little bit and I liked it. But there was, again, not really like we had one court, but it was like made of asphalt. So you would go and play tennis and then the tennis ball would be black in like 20 minutes and you couldn't see it because it was a crappy court. So kind of like, um, uh, so again, I didn't have that, but um, I, uh, well, oh man, I just brain farted. All right. On your show. What oh, was it's all good. Oh, it happens. It happens. But yeah, it was, it was, um, Oklahoma was great. It was great. I, I'm hashtag blessed. I'm very happy with my family and it was a, it was, you know, I could go out and, create whatever I wanted in my backyard and we felt safe and all that and ride my bike around and I had great friends. So I, I had a, a great childhood. Well, you know, talking about the summer camp and working with uh, LGBT kids, right? Yeah. I mean, cause it's, well, te- I guess like kids to teenagers, right? Cause I think you said it was what eight to. Yeah. I mean, that's 14 an- or something. Yeah. That's another thing of stories for me too, is that, um, uh, you know, I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I went to a camp called the Oklahoma Summer Arts Institute, and it really was, um, you know, it's it's going to say that, like, why I do think it's so important for kids when they're younger to either do sports or to do singing or have those extracurricular te- activities, because that really kept me out of trouble. Um, and but really, and also, too, is such an example of, I mean, I know in my therapy work, it, sometimes people are trying to decide life course and what they do. Even though I was good at singing, it's not necessarily what I wanted to do with my life. Um, 
but man, it saved me as a kid because I went to this arts camp and it just um, suddenly, I mean, and it was a legit arts camp. They brought in, I remember the acting teacher, the first year I got there was the guy that plays John Boy on the Waltons. I can't remember his name now. So they would bring in, um, what is his name? He's on the Americans now, which is a great show. Um, but anyway, uh, that was seeing professionals that are professional artists work. So that helped too, because at the time I knew I wanted to do something artistic, but it was like, uh, I want to sing, but I don't want to be a music teacher. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I want to do. And then I saw working artists. And so I carried that momentum in, um, uh, I founded Brave Trails. That's the camp for LGBT youth, uh, Camp Brave Trails. Uh, I think it's bravetrails.org if you want to go there for information about that. But yeah, we really, again, it was about stories. It was about knowing that um, there's there's kind of this story uh, that we feel like that LGBTQ youth are told that, you know, that like you're great, you know, it gets better. Dan Savage did that It Gets Better campaign. That's great. Um, and I, you know, and I volunteered a lot with the Trevor Project, which is a suicide helpline for LGBT youth as a counselor for them. So I, I've done that. But we really wanted to do something that really helped uh, youth feel like they're empowered and they can really affect the world and change the world. And again, that I, seeing this at camp, seeing I remember one of our kids, I won't say their name just because I want to be keep that private. But I remember, you know, she's 13 year old kid um, who kind of came to our camp in the first week. It was a week-long camp last year. And um, at the first of the week, she was quiet and didn't really say a lot. And then literally at the end of the week, coming up to me and grabbing my shoulders and kind of shaking me and laughing and saying, do you remember how shy I was like five days ago? She's like, now I realized I'm funny. People think I'm funny. She's like, this is amazing. And just seeing literally just what happens when you get – that's why I love having a podcast, having a talk show – it really is people just want to share themselves if you just give them a space. And I love giving a non-judgmental space. And I love being able to do that. Well, yeah, it's definitely got to be tough. I mean, be feeling different from like everybody else that you're growing up around and, you know, even different than your prop, you know, probably statistically speaking, even your parents being yeah. different from them uh, and probably your aunts and uncles, like everybody that you're surrounding you there's like the high percentage chance that you're way different than they are oh my poor father chelsea raymar plumber in oklahoma born and bred he would the man all he wanted was his son to play baseball and my older brother played baseball but he really wasn't that great he would beg to differ if he heard this but i was the more actually coordinated one so i wasn't bad at baseball i was a pretty good little pitcher but I just was not interested in it. And so I would be in the outfield and I would just like be singing songs in my head and kind of dancing to like, or doing a dance I saw like on the Disney Channel. And I remember driving home and being in the back seat, my mom talking to my mother, like, I don't know what we're going to do with Matthew. I mean, I don't know what, what I, I can't put the kid in dance class. We, I mean, what am I going to do? Just like literally not knowing who now is like my father. I mean, he always is. He's my biggest supporter. But I think at the time he was just, he didn't have a dad of his own. Really. His father kind of left them when he was younger. So he, his, he had this story of not having a father and he wanted to change that for his sons. And he was very adamant about, I'm going to be the best dang father I could be. And then he got me as a kid. And he was like, what the heck? How do I do this? Uh, 
Yeah. Well, you know, hey, challenges arise all the time, and that's why like the old way of doing things isn't best. Isn't necessarily the best way uh, going forward to, to solve new problems. So you yeah. know, it, and 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 again, it, it could have been anything, right? It could have been way worse for you, um, as far as like you know, maybe it was if it's not being gay, maybe it's having a drug problem or oh, ev- getting ev- in trouble with the law yeah. all the time. Like, how does he? How do you deal with that? Everybody has. You, you figure out as you go along. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their. Like I said, or I mean, I've said, but. Everybody has kind of what they think is their biggest fault. And I think for me it was I was so scared. I didn't want people to know that I was that I was gay. And then that ended up turning into my biggest strength because that's where I led into volu- you know, volunteering and that's where I led to just, you know, um claim who I am and be proud of that. And uh and so I think but e- everybody has that. I think that like I actually think we all have to come out about something in our lives. So whether not in a gay way, but I mean, like you have to come out about, like I know when my, what my aunt told me she had cancer, it was like coming out because she had this thing that she knew she had to share with us. She knew it would affect us. Or it's like, um, you know, I have one of my good friends. Uh, he's a gay man and he's at the same time, a very conservative Republican. And he remembered like telling me like, people don't know this about me so it was like we laughed about it but it was like coming out about in a community that's you know normally quote-unquote liberal so but i i think everybody has that i'm sure you do too where you had something that it was like whoa i gotta tell some people stuff and it's my truth you know that's the thing about dreams that's why i love this i love what you're doing in the show because i think in a lot of spaces we're not even we only dream privately. We're not allowed to dream publicly because we're so afraid of what people are going to say about our dreams. And it is like coming out about what is your dream? What is, um, I'm, I'm actually going to, hopefully if I have time today, I thought, oh, I'm going to write a blog post about so many people are obsessed with, um, you know, the Powerball. And so uh, I bought tickets. Did you buy a ticket? I got tickets right here. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and they're worth Confetti, yeah. That's yeah. But, I, you know, I thought about because when you know when you think about that much money, you dream. You dream about what you were due. And I, I told my boyfriend, I said, it's what's really cool, is that my dreams that I would do after this are not any different than they would be the day before. They might happen sooner, because I don't have to work a day job that takes my soul. But, <laughs> but they would, they, they could happen sooner, and that felt good. And I thought, oh, you know. I hope that I, I just I, I think I'm going to write something about telling people that this lottery, this Powerball can still change your life because it maybe helped you dream. So carry that on and try to do what you're going to do. Uh, no, I love that. And and honestly, I would be doing the same thing. <laughs> so, like I yeah. love working. I love creating and doing things. And I was having a conversation uh, this past weekend um, from the recording. And it's like, you know, if 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 everything was going perfectly in my business and I was making the money to just be able to continue to do what I was doing and it's self-sustaining, I'd still be pushing forward, like making more books and like yeah. doing more podcasts and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, running maybe, more maybe, marathons. I, well, I, yeah, more, probably, probably would be running more marathons, but you know, I, I probably would work a little bit less than I do now, you know, 12 to 15 hour days gets kind of old, uh, yeah, you know, year yeah. after year. But with that said, I would still be like, okay, I'm going to work for, four or five hours today 
and put that time in the, in the new book or put it into something just so because I like I have stuff inside of me that has to get out. Mm-hmm. So it's super important for you to recognize that. And even if it's just take small steps now, you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'll just quit my job because, you know, the, the Powerball. Like, I wouldn't change the house. I love the house. I love my neighborhood. I love the car that I, I, I have now. I, you know, maybe I would get a collector's car or something, maybe. But I, I really wouldn't. It's not my thing, you know? I like, I, like, I, I, want, I wish we could take a sound, but you said, maybe I get a collector's car, cut to, you got a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, but you know like, what? I probably wouldn't even want a new one. I probably would just get a used one or something, but I don't, wouldn't even want that because yeah. you know what? You take that thing to get service and how, you know how much that's going to yeah. cost? I would, I'm saying like an old Corvette, an old like 80s Corvette or, so, or a DeLorean love- or something. You know, Corvettes or Trans Am with an eagle on it. Oh man, that's all I wanted as a high. Like that's all I wanted. As yeah. So it's like, okay, well, what's that run? Like thirty thousand, forty thousand, maybe tops. Like if would it's you like go to, would you go to Euro Disney? Come on, you would go to Euro Disney. Oh yeah, I would do so. I would do more traveling. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I would go to you know Paris and and Tokyo and and all that. Like those Disney Disneylands and, and stuff. But but like when it comes to like this, like. You know, even even in a house, right? Like I was talking to somebody um, about having. I was like, they're like, oh, do you want to get like a condo down in Florida? You know, you're there all the time, and I'm like, yeah, until I until I start really thinking about how much money it's going to cost me to have a condo versus like, unless I'm going to like seriously live there for like three to four months mm-hmm. out of the year, like a snowbird. You know, really. to me, it's not worth it. I would just go stay at a hotel, and I don't need to stay at a high end hotel. I'll stay. I, I slept for fifty nine dollars a night at a Clarion right outside of oh. Disney. This oh, past there you weekend. go. So you know, I, like I still want because you know, money's great, but you have to be able to keep it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I have, I have been. I don't think you know this about me, but I've been on uh, four game shows in my lifetime. So I've had the experience, and on the first game show, I won five hundred and ninety thousand dollars. So I, <laughs> I wish everybody could see this because Joe's mouth just fell to the ground. Um, but I've been in the situation of having money and not having money and I, I just so and I I can't it was such a blessing for me at a younger age because that first thing happened when I was 26 it was such a blessing to know that uh, having money really does not affect your happiness it might give you options but it I'm telling you it doesn't because also too when I was 26 like I didn't do anything frivolous with the money but I was scared of it I was terrified of it like well, I felt so much pressure. What do I do? Da-da, you know, so I invested it in 2006. And then if you've watched the big short, you saw that turned out well in 20, yeah. 2007. But so still it's, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, I actually, and last year I was on a game show and I, I was lucky to, I won a hundred thousand dollars on that game show last year. And I've, I've been on a lot of game shows. And, um, but I actually thought I, I feel like this money I'm doing more with than I did the half a million dollars just because, I'm, I'm not, and it's not even a smarter thing. It's just I'm not scared. I'm not scared by it. I don't know how I got off on that. Sorry, Katie. No, no, no. I, I you yeah. know, it makes sense. And, and that much money is, um, well, maybe not so much the hundred thousand, but the the five hundred thousand, almost six hundred thousand is, you know, that's that's a considerable amount of money. And it, the, the sad thing is, is a lot of people think that's a lot of money, but it's really not. Like you buy yourself a hundred thousand dollar car, and a sixth of it's gone. Like that. Oh yeah. You know. Like, and, yeah, so you don't do that. You buy the, you know, the twenty, thirty thousand dollar car 
and you you keep it for as long as you need to. You know what I mean? Like, there's other ways to do things than just like I gotta show I got money. Like, I know, dude. That doesn't like how does that that doesn't make you know what? I taught used to talk to a friend of mine about this idea of like, what if you had unlimited funds, right? Like, it didn't matter. And and he's like, well, what what you know, what would you do? I and I was like, honestly. I don't know that I would even want unlimited funds because like when I buy something, like say I had to buy like a new computer or new microwave or new, like I'm still going to do the research. If I had unlimited funds, I would just buy all five phones, like five brand new phones. And I would just use one until I found one that I liked instead of mm-hmm. taking, you know, an, not even an hour to, to quickly go through a few reviews and see what the problems and the shortcomings of each of them are. Like, I still want to get the best for my money. Mm-hmm. Like, also, I would spend more money, sure, because I had it, but I would want the best for what I could get for, you know, the best option. Of course. You know of course, what I mean? Course, Versus, like, oh, I'll just buy all six of them, and then whatever one works out is the one that works. Yeah, I think you, uh, I once was watching an interview with uh, actually Oprah and uh, J.K. Rowling, uh, who, if people don't know, who wrote the Harry Potter books. So, um, you know, and she grew, was very poor when she was writing those books. And I remember Oprah asked her, she's like, all right, do you, she said, I remember for myself, it's because she's Oprah saying, I remember thinking, oh, I never have to worry about money again and having that moment. She's like, how do you feel about having this, all this wealth? And J.K. Rowling said, I still worry about it every day. And I think it's just, if you have that mindset of, you know what it's like, and I don't even mean like a being, being dirt poor, but it's still of just managing your money. It's hard for you to think of it any other way. It is, it is, uh, you know, if you yeah, if you have that thing, you know, I've read um, articles talking about the poor way of looking at things versus the the rich man's way. Looking yeah, at rich things man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like okay, so I get it, right? Uh, uh, you know, if you're poor, you're always going to hold on to every cent that you have. You're not going to invest it. You're not going to spend it in ways that make sense to say make more money or uh, say to save time and effort. You know what I mean? It's like, well, if, of course, there's always a, a break-even point where it's like, okay, maybe it's not really worth it. Um, at that point, if you have enough money, then, you know, you do what you want because that's mm-hmm. what you can do. But, uh, you know, there, it, it, it's it's just interesting. Like, And that's something I've had to learn because, like, I'm always like, all right, what's the cheapest way I can go about doing this? Is there free ways of doing it? Is that, you know, what are the disadvantages? And does it outweigh, like, an option that's $80 a month? Who, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm always like, no, 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 like keep it cheap, keep it as low as possible till I work my way up to needing those types of services yeah. that would cost mm-hmm. 80, a hundred and $150 a month. You know what I mean? Like y- you build out as you need. Um, but, but part of that is wrong on my part because I waste, I, I do spend not waste, but I spend a lot of time where I could just be like, well, if I spent the money for this product, it would save a lot of time it's a lot of money up front but in the long term it's worth it. it's like like it like a dishwasher right it's like oh well it's like 900 bucks that's expensive but if you're gonna have it for five six seven eight nine years you know what's a hundred dollars a year to save an awful lot of time yeah i um that's kind of how i feel about my cell phone because i used to hate how much cell phones were and then i thought this thing is like and i'll freely admit it is probably the most useful slash dependent device i use in my life so okay so i'm gonna buy a phone for eight hundred dollars every like two years all right that's definitely that's definitely worth it 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to get use out of it. Um, well, let, let's move on to the because it's already been sure. like I I take it off the rails. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I I've been just as bad. Um, but I think that, I think there was there was a lot of value that was uh, dispersed through through our conversation there. But let's what were some of the first steps that you took when you decided you were going to start your own talk show? Well, you know the first. As with a lot of stories where people decide to do something, I'd had a, I call it a bad breakup, but it was with a friend. So it was like a best friend. We had started a business. Uh, we were kind of making films. And then I just realized uh, something happened, actually. My two things happened. My one of my other best friends, uh, he got the H1N1 flu at the age of 35, and they found him unconscious in his apartment. And he was in a coma for three weeks. He's totally fine now. But like full legit medically induced coma for three weeks, almost died on in the bed like four times. So that happened, and then a month later, um, sadly, my aunt at the age of sixty three died of breast cancer. And so, and I was there, the kind of the she was like a second mom to me. It was uh, my mom's not even my real aunt it was my mom's best friend, but like an aunt. And so my mom and I cared for her the last week of her life. And so just seeing that um, really. Uh, you know, it kind of makes you think about what if I'm like on my own deathbed, what's going to go through my mind? What am I going to have any regrets? And for me, both of those is that I just, I want to have a talk show. That's what I've wanted to do where, you know, some people say, I don't know what to do. I want to do with my life. I knew from the age of probably 11 years old that this is what I wanted to do with my life. And so I was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm 35. Why don't I just do it? I'll just, and the, and then a friend said, well, what about a podcast? And I was like, a what? And then I started reading, but I went, oh, this, I can just have a talk show. It's in my, li my living room. And instead of having a million listeners, I have two. But still, <laughs> I, and so I just kind of said, I'm going to jump in and do this. And, um, and then, again, a big shout out to uh, the uh, Audacity to podcast because I listened to that. I mean, Daniel, Daniel, I always say the actor's name. It's Daniel Day Lewis, right? No, Jan Daniel J. Lewis. Yeah, okay, okay. Day Lewis get... is the uh, is the actor. Yeah, I always get mixed up. So, <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Daniel J. Lewis because I really um I listened to so many of his episodes and read his website and I was like, okay, I can do this because I'm not a tech technological person per se. And then I just you know, I just did it, and it's so funny how I, that really was just listening. I think the first step for me with following that that dream was just really um, I had a conversation. I talk to myself like a schizophrenic. Maybe that's that, because I'm the narrative therapist. But we always look at your life as a story and that, you know, things come in your life, even emotions, they're, they're characters in your life. So let's say you're having a lot of anxiety about something. And if a client came to me and said, oh, I'm really anxious, I'd actually say, all right, well, what if we think about the anxiety as a character in your life? And sometimes anxiety comes into your story and kind of re it takes over the pen from you and is writing your story for you, but that's not the story you want to hear. And I realized in doing that with myself that fear and doubt and you know, doubting that it would be good to be fear that I was going to be judged was really what was keeping me from doing this show. Is that, but in my heart, it was like, I want to do this. I want to help people tell stories. I want to make people laugh. I want to make them, you know, listen to a show and be entertained. And then four days later go, oh, wait a minute. That changed the way I thought about this or made me think differently about this in my life. So I just, that's what I did. I just kind of jumped in and gobbled up as much information as I could. And luckily I had a 
and then I think the second choice, the second thing. So I think number one is just kind of looking at your fear and saying, I don't want to listen to you. And the second is finding support. I had two, oddly enough, actually, the, my podcast that's airing this week with a, a voiceover artist named Aaron Lillis. She and another friend named Patrick and another friend named Darren, all three were kind of like, you can do this. I think you could do this really well. So I think it's good to find support. If you're not getting support, for people saying, ah, this dream is going to be really hard, or I don't know, then forget those people. You need to, well, don't forget them, people, because it could be your mother. So <laughs> you don't want to forget your mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, sometimes sometimes you might have to, you know, put her on the back burner a little bit if she's being super negative towards something that's like, I want to go do, or not do something like, I want to go do drugs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You'd be yeah. like, look, um, you know, you, you need to look for, look at it from the perspective of if I went to school to do this thing that I want to do, um, mm-hmm. the first thing that people wouldn't ask me is how much money did I make or how yeah. much money am I making? It's like, well, no, you don't because you're in school, duh, uh, or you're in a in a um, internship or something to that effect. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to sometimes you have to be able to put people on the back burner a little bit. I mean, obviously, you still you still want to love them and and you know and all that, but it's like you know. Being around negative and, and pessimistic people, uh, it, it, you know, sometimes you need to, to limit it a little bit. Even if you are good at using it as fuel, it, it can definitely take energy away from what you're doing and off off the focus of what you're doing. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I hopefully it's not your mom, but you you know sometimes no, no. sometimes and, you're not that lucky. <laughs> well, and sometimes it's said with love. Like I know my mother, you know, used to say things like. Oh, well, maybe you should get a job. She works for the IRS, and she would say, maybe you need to get a job with the government. And and then it took, like, because I'm a commercial actor as well. So then after I, like, booked, like, I was in, a, like, two or three commercials that they saw on TV, they are like, okay, Matt's, Matt's, this is, like, a real thing. But I always tell clients that it's not that, um, it's not that I necessarily want you to forget the negative, negative voices in your life, but I always say, let's turn up the volume of the, po- of the voices that are supporting you. And it just helps drown out the voices that are not. But they're still there. And you still have to acknowledge that. And you still have to deal with them. But I just know that having, again, having people that supporting your dream, that was huge for me. Huge. Well, I, I think that a, a good chunk of it as well helps you um, prepare yourself for, for the real world as well. You know, like yeah. the other people that aren't going to be so. And because a lot of times it is so with love. They don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you. Uh, end up on their couch or in their basement or something like that, and and not just because they don't want to have you at the house, but because they want they want to believe that you know they they did a good enough job, uh, you know to to get you to that next level of like hey I'm I'm successful at what I'm doing and it doesn't matter if they get it or not and mm-hmm. and somebody that's at a desk job wouldn't necessarily get you know uh, no. that or somebody say even in my case it's somebody who has who has a pension. Who's been retired for like 15 years or whatever it is, and yeah. you know they don't understand this concept of like something you know having self worth outside of my my weekly paycheck. Yeah, that's a that I think that's not self worth. That's not that's not um, monetary worth. I guess is the is the better word because self worth well, would be I think is a little too harsh. Well, I think though too, like if we're gonna talk, especially if we're gonna talk about gender, and I think for men though, a lot of our self worth is tied up in what our monetary paycheck is, and there's a lot of pressure in that. So, I, I think that especially to generations, like I know my father, he grew up very, very poor, and uh, 
the way he does show love is by like he always goes way over. I will sell him like you know he'll say Matthew, what do you want for Christmas? And I'll be like, Dad, just take me out to dinner. Like you've helped me enough. You paid for my college when I was a kid. Like we're good. And then he you know will buy me like a PS4 and stuff. I didn't even which is awesome, but and I know that's his way. And so I think, I mean, when I think of my father, he um, when he uh, buried his mother, my grandmother. We had like a family plot, and so he went ahead because this is my dad, Mister. He's like a total Virgo. He's just like work, 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 and like prepare, prepare, prepare. And that's me. My, <laughs> well, my brother calls. So we buried my grandmother, and we call my brother, my older brother, who works with my father now. He took over his business in Oklahoma. He called me like two months later, and he was crying. I was like, Bubba, what is going on? He was like, Our dad is so messed up. And I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, I just sent you a picture. And my father already went and got his own headstone made because he was like, he told my brother, he's like, well, I didn't want you and Matthew to deal with it. So I thought, well, heck, I'll just take care of it now. And so, like, it has his name on a gravestone. And <laughs> it literally has, I mean, it has the, the logo of his plumbing logo on his gravestone. So, like, talk about somebody that equivocates work with who is and it actually has a quote that's because my dad always says he always says this quote he's like you can't work first and play later son are you wait no he says you can't play first son you always have to work first and play later so on his gravestone it says he worked first he worked first and played later this is why (laughs) this is why i do stand up because (laughs) i don't i don't have to make stuff up Oh, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I can appreciate wanting to to handle that kind of stuff before, you know, it's all left at somebody else, and and chances yeah, are, you know, tell your son when he goes and sees his grandmother's gravestone, and he's like, oh, my dad. It's like, wait, so it's already in the ground? Oh, it's like in the ground with a it's date like, that doesn't have it completed. It has, the, yeah, it has the date of his birth, and then does dash nothing. Wow. It, my bro- even when my brother sent it to me. I'm not a big crier. My brother, we always call him the emotional one. Eh. Uh, but uh, it will. I mean, he will. Like, he watches Rudy, and he just sobs at that movie. But um, w- but where I could watch Sophie's Choice and be like, oh, that's sad. So, um, but, yeah, he, uh, it, it's like, it, even when I saw the picture, I was kind of like, whoa, that's, that's, that's messed up, Dad. Well, yeah, hey, look. It, but it, also beautiful. There, you know, there's a thing uh, being Italian that you know you don't you don't want to fill out your will because that's like signing your death, you know, your death yeah, certificate yeah. or something like that. And yeah. it's which is crazy because then what happens is like people like my grandfather end up dying and their will is still sitting on the kitchen table <laughs> waiting to be signed, <laughs> and it just creates a a really big uh, headache for for a lot of people. So. You well, know, good it's... thing. Good thing Italians don't really argue. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Good thing. Good I, don't, thing. I don't know what universe that's from, but uh, or that would be in. But um, Matt, what uh, what's been your biggest roadblock on 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 getting on to your own? You know, doing your own podcast and and then hopefully you know pitching a show uh, as a talk show. Um my fear like that's the first thing that just it really myself uh i I, it's not even yes learning the intricacies of technology was not enjoyable at all i i 
I didn't even know what an what a wave was to an MP3. Like I had no idea when I started this, so I didn't even know how to press play. Even before we started, for everyone listening, Joe was like, "Ah, you sound a little weird." I'm like, "Oh, I don't have my mic turned on or plugged in right." So, um, but yeah, it really, truthfully, was just not letting fear. I didn't want that character of fear to write my life, and really, it took me a long time to um to you know to to acknowledge it i i definitely see myself as a late bloomer per se because it wasn't where a lot of people are really you know can start things earlier in life i I wasn't that it was you know i moved out for acting in la and uh when i was 20 what 12 years ago so i was 23 at the time and um I think for about six years, I went on two, one, two auditions. And then I went back to grad school. And it's so funny when I went back to grad school, because you have to go to therapy for that in grad school. And you just you are working on yourself as, as well. And in learning about myself and how I wanted to affect change in people, that's actually what made me realize that I really was letting fear dictate my confidence and dictate my choices in life. And it 100% changed. And so I ended up getting a grad school finishing my grad school degree and then by happen chance kind of thinking I was done with acting and someone said oh you have a good face for commercials and then now doing commercial auditionings and I mean I've, I've been very 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 lucky with that and I uh I go out all the time for commercial audition and I don't mean that in a braggy way I mean that in a I'm very aware of whoa that's such a change uh from where I was in my life and probably where you thought you'd be, you know, doing doing that. But you know, it opens up a lot of doors because you get to meet so many people, and uh, and and you're you know you're making it happen. The road isn't always, you know, the way that we think it's going to look uh, when on the way to to that. So, you know, I think I think it's important to to note that like, hey, I, you know, I'm happy that somebody said that to you because if they didn't, you'd probably still be beating your head trying to get auditions for things that you wouldn't be as successful at getting. Oh, no. And I've had such like, I'm a lucky, I fully admit that I'm a lucky person. You know, another thing that changed my life too, actually. Well, you've actually, won like 107, you know, sort of 790 plus thousand dollars in <laughs> in game shows. So just getting uh, on game shows is a, is a, is a you know, a, a it is. Feather. It's a, it's a, there, it's very, it's super competitive. So I, uh, you know, I also though, another thing that actually happened in college, I've been very lucky because like, uh, I one of my favorite musical artists is Shania Twain. I love Shania Twain, and um, and uh, everybody at first when they first found out the love Shania, Twain, they're like, "Oh, Matt loves Shania because she's so pretty." Then they realized later on, they were, I came out and they're like, "Oh, it really is about the music." So, um, <laughs> although she is pretty, and I would love to do her makeup because I I like doing makeup on women because I'm a makeup artist. Or I used to be a makeup artist, but anyway, uh. She, uh, I went to a Shania Twain concert like in 1998. I was a sophomore in college, and I think that was really the first genesis where I saw. Uh, again, I think about fear makes us forget our own personal power, and and um, we went to this concert, and I was on the fourth row, and I had a sign that was stuck around my head that said "I heart you," and I cut a hole in the heart, and so I stuck a sign around my head, so my head's in the middle of this heart, and. And we were sitting at the concert, and then halfway through the concert, uh, she's, like, talking. She's like, hey, I see that you're into the show. Do you want to come up and show everybody your sign? 
and literally my mouth dropped. I was just like, what? And so to make a long story short, I go up on stage and then Shania Twain literally says, so you're a big fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm the biggest. She's like, do you know all my songs? I'm like, yeah, every one. So she said, do you want to sing a song with me? And I was like, uh, sure. And so I was like, just wanted to pee my pants. I was so nervous. And then, um, and then the music started. And because I was a musician, it was like once the music started, I was in that zone. And uh, so the, the music started and she sang the first verse. And then, you know, I don't have a monitor or anything. I mean, and then she puts the microphone up to my own mouth to sing the second verse. And like I said, I'm no, like, I'm not the biggest singer in the world. But I still, I mean, I have a degree in opera. So, like, I can carry a tune. So I started singing. And all I see is Shania Twain's mouth drop and her eyes get big. And then this is in Oklahoma City. And the entire stadium just stands up and starts roaring. And I see, like, picture flashes. So that was, like, I mean, don't. And I, we ended up singing like the whole song together. And afterwards, it, it was crazy. And it, it was, and I'm the reason I'm telling you that is because I've been so lucky that uh, that was such a powerful moment that you, I, I want to tell people that things are more connected than you think. Because cut to one of my first big commercial was, uh, it was a Target commercial, and it was a Justin Timberlake album, and we got to sing. Uh, Justin Timberlake surprises and we got to sing a Justin Timberlake song with Justin Timberlake and they wanted us to be confident and not be nervous and I I could do that because of that who would who would have thought that like that this Shania Twain thing would have prepared me for that in that way it was just it, it I mean for me I don't know what it is for listening for me it's God you know or it could be the universe or whatever but it really is like there is a hand um a hand in this that you don't even know. And that, and again, I think when you, when you acknowledge fear, you're negating the fact that there's something bigger at play for your life, whether it's, like I said, whether it's God or religion or the universe and energetically, I think you're definitely uh, negating that and you don't even realize it. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, it, it is funny how things that we do prepare us for, for things later on. And that's, that's all. I mean, you, you weren't even thinking that you would uh, get to meet her at all. Yeah. So no, it's, not it's at all. It's just a sign that's like, yeah, you know, but Hey, that sign, uh, you know, help change, you know, change your life, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, it was, I mean, actually that's the reason why I later was, uh, I have, country music television or i think cmt is still around um but uh they did a contest for like a shania twain fan and i entered it and i won so they flew you to shania i know i'm the luckiest person ever um and so they flew me to, to uh canada to like i didn't meet shania twain but i like i interviewed her family or her friends where she grew up but it was me talking to the camera and what it was it was hosting it was hosting and talking to the camera like it was my friend. And again, that was a bigger hand saying, because again, when you grow up in a little Oklahoma, you want to have a talk show, but it's hard for you to imagine that because you're like, nobody else, where have I seen that? I don't, I don't know Oprah. I don't know Phil Donahue. I don't know talk show hosts. So then when I did that and that producer is saying, oh, you could be a really good host because I was planning on pursuing theater. Literally, I was going to move to Chicago. And I did that thing for that Shania Twain contest. And I went, oh, actually, no, again, that is like, um, it's like a fear choice. There, I read a book. I highly recommend it if, for people that feel artistic or not artistic even. It's called The Artist Way, and it's a workbook. Uh, I think the author is Julie Cohen, and it's basically a workbook to, with exercises to help you kind of just 
really dream big and aspire and do and and work on because I think we're all artists in our own way like uh, and and whatever it is you whether it's creating you know quote unquote art or music or a podcast like we're doing or a show or even honestly if it's like if you're a welder and you love welding like you know you like my dad loves doing backhoe work it's like an art for him he loves doing that um but with the artist way she talks about that we often pick shadow careers so it's not necessarily the career we want to do but it's the safe career that's close to what we want to do and for me that was honestly going into like theater acting was like oh i'm a singer i got this degree because i wanted to get out of a small town and i got a scholarship to sing at a school so i'm doing this but again it wasn't what i wanted to do and so when i did that shania twain thing it was hosting i was like that's my dream career that i'm just too scared to admit to people because i'm afraid of what they're going to say and afraid i can't do it but it helped me because two weeks before i was supposed to move to chicago i ended up moving to la and that changed the course of my life so uh, with, I, I had a question, though, Matt. Did, did you have any other childhood dreams growing up other than wanting to be Oprah? <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, I wish I could say that I did. But I, I – well, I mean, in that – and I still have this dream. I want to be a father. So I still want to have children one day. Um, I'm lucky that I don't have a biological clock in play with me and anybody else. So I could be 44 and adopt a kid. Um but yeah, that really, but honestly, those are the only like big dreams was having a family and, and having a talk show. That's just what I've wanted to do from a, such a, that's again, that's why when people, uh, it, it, uh, it doesn't make me sad. It just seems when people say, oh, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Uh, I try to relate to it cause I've related that in other ways, but it's, it's, you know, I always go back to that's what I wanted to do. And it's such a young, I mean, I really knew I was watching the musical Oklahoma and that actor Gordon McRae in that movie, who actually we have the same birthday, oddly enough. Um, I was five years old watching that on the Disney Channel and hearing him sing, you know, he comes out and says, there's a bright golden haze on the meadow. And he's singing that. And even then, that was the first I looked at him and I remember thinking, oh, I want to do that. I want to I want to be playing an actor and I want to sing like that. So, and again, that, you know, very soon morphed into talk show, but it was like at the age of five, I knew, like I begged my mother as a little kid saying, I want to go audition for Mickey Mouse Club. I want to go, but we were in the middle of Oklahoma and there wasn't internet then. So you couldn't look, thank God. Thank God I did not have a YouTube channel. There would be a, <laughs> there would be a lot of videos of me dancing to Paula Abdul and, <laughs> and making a fool of myself to opposites attract. I'm so glad. <laughs> That didn't happen. Um, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because actually a lot of the the Mouseketeers and stuff all came from, like, middle America. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, they did. We, like, I, I got to interview uh, Jennifer McGill uh, a, oh, a yeah, little yeah, while yeah. ago. And, yeah, she, you know, it, she, she's from there. Uh, you know, well, uh, Justin's from there. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I probably I mean, majority of them are from middle, middle America. I could have been friends with Brittany. And my mother messed that up for me because she wouldn't <laughs> let me take tap class. I still blame her. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah, I mean, Ryan Gosling, I mean, all of them. I think people forget how prolific those people have gone on to become. So, Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, really. So with all that said, what do your dreams for the future look like with the show and, and where you want to head? You know, for my show, I think I just, again, it's 
it really goes back if somebody's listening and they're they're just kind of oh where do I start? It really is listen to your heart because I started this show again in my living room and cut to I've gone in for like hosting VH1 shows and some other gone to producers like three times. I haven't gotten them yet, but I ask them like, oh, where did you hear about me? And they'll say, oh, I saw your podcast on Twitter. So literally that it's been something I didn't think that would have. I really just did this for love. So then but uh, the next step is that I sold a show based on my podcast. So we just filmed like a sizzle reel. And that's like, for people that don't, that's like a mini pilot. Uh, we filmed that and who actually somebody who used, who cast me in a game show like six years ago, I was on minute to win it with Guy Fieri like years ago. I, I won $50,000 on that show. Oh. So uh, <laughs> that's it. That's all that I went on. I was on another game show called the great escape and I lost terribly, but it was the most fun. Cause I felt like Batman. Um, but anyway, the guy that did the casting long time ago, he's just the one that he heard my, again, he really knew me as a contestant. And then he heard my podcast cause we would just become friends. And he called me and he was like, Oh my gosh, Matt Maher, you're such a great host. And I was like, thanks. You know, I appreciate that. He's like, no, really? Like, let's, let's do something together. And now this Genesis of, we sold this little show and now we're, um, going to be shopping that around a network soon. So Again, it's like I you, I can't um, I can't imagine you just can't imagine the life that you're gonna have because I think a lot of times we don't dream big enough. Uh, even though if we're dreaming big, our life can be even bigger than we thought. So it's like just listen to your heart and start the dream and let it let it take you on that journey. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Uh, so, is it before we wrap up here and uh, let everybody know how they can connect with you and listen to your show? Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? You know, I think just la last thought is that I think two things matter in life for people. I think it's the end to a to know that your story matters and someone wants to listen. And so, if you're out there listening and you're feeling, uh that you don't have one of those things, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Your story does matter. And that whether it's, and I, hey, I'm interested in listening. I'm interested in any story practically. So there is people out there that just want to listen. You might not, you just might not have found those people yet. So keep telling your story because you are going to find somebody that's going to hear, that wants to hear it. Uh, definitely. And and that's, the, you know, consistency and helping, you know, people through, uh, all that builds builds that audience and those people that oh, yeah. connect with you and and it, you know it doesn't have to be like the raving fans but you know if audience becomes friends you know listeners become friends and then yeah friends help each other and you know you never know where it could lead you but yeah you, you know you don't get anywhere if you don't at least start somewhere uh, for sure you can I always mean, pivot but you know yeah for sure I'm I'm very excited I'm about to have my first quote unquote podcast fan actually as a guest on my show because we became facebook friends and then we just and i actually forget that that's how i met her was she was listening to my podcast because she writes this amazing blog called like muddling mama which is just about a mother's kind of journey and so i was reading her blog and i just i contacted her and i was like you are so much more interesting than me please be on my show so i'm excited <laughs> for that and that, you know, that's always the, the thing I love about this show is getting to connect with people that are doing way cooler things than what I'm doing. For sure. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, Matt, if you could, please share how people can connect with you and uh, find your show. 
Sure, sure, sure. So uh, the podcast is called The Dear Maddie Show. It's an advice podcast, so I, we kind of hit on it before, but people write in advice questions. Hopefully one day I'll be fancy enough to have people call in, but I'm not there yet, sugar, so we're working on it. Um, but you can go to DearMaddieShow.com, uh, and that's where you can see everything about uh, – the show you can submit questions through the show and social media whatever instagram twitter periscope it's all the matt mar so two t's two r's and they have that's pretty much for now hopefully where people can find me and then you know if uh if you uh if you see a hotels.com commercial with a guy in his underwear who got locked out of the room that's me so uh <laughs> wait which which commercial is that there's, they just started. I think they're starting to air it again. They aired it last year during basketball March Madness. But there's a Hotels.com commercial where a guy gets locked out of his room in his underwear, and he has like Monday on his underwear, and it says, you know, the, one of the people say it's Wednesday, Gary, and he says, I know, Janet, that's me. I'm the guy in the underwear. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking this up at the moment. Uh, <laughs> you said Hotels.com underwear. Yeah, it's a Captain Obvious commercial. So. Um, oh yeah, the the one guy with the yeah, the one with the guy locked out. Yeah, that's me. So I think that's starting <laughs> to air again. So if you're watching March Madness or basketball, you're like, hey, that's Joe's <laughs> friend Matt in his underwear. Ah, love it, love so, it, love it, love it. Yeah. Oh, they, they they should air that again. I hope. You, my dad said, you know, Matt. He called me supportive parents. Oh, love them. He said, Matt, I got you thinking. It's a good thing that you've never had abs, because if you did, you wouldn't have got that commercial. They wanted you to be a little fat. I'm like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. They wanted you to look like, like you know, Joe everyone, you know? Yeah. The breakdown for that literally said, wanting a guy who looks pasty, white, this guy's never seen the inside of a gym. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely have to have a good sense of self to be a commercial actor, I guess. Yeah, that's but anyway. Funny. But yeah, that's but so that's where you can find everything. DearMattyShow.com. Uh, you can. I think I have. I try to now only Facebook friends with people I know, just because I want to. I like Facebook to find you know my family and friends and stuff. But whatever, I'll probably friend you. I, I feel lonely. Just <laughs> yeah, the Matt Mar. That's all that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to having you on again. Uh, as well, hey, I, uh, you know, you're on mine and show, and so it's gonna. I think that's gonna air in like two weeks, so I don't know when this is gonna go up. This, but, this um, is the, it, that episode will have been out for for probably at least a month and a half. Okay, so so good. So if you're listening to this show, you can go, and you're like, yeah, I don't really like Matt, but I like Joe. Well, listen to Joe on my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had quite a conversation. Some crazy questions asked. Uh, we did. It's there. definitely my show. Um, you might not want to listen to it with kids. Sometimes we talk about. Um, I, I do stand up comedy, so sometimes the mouth, the mouth, there's little curse words. And also, too, you know, I, I take whatever questions people send me. So people talk about relationships, but they talk about sex. I mean, some people have like, you know. Sometimes questions that they need answered, and we try to do our best to do that because we want to help them in some way. So just, you know, buyer beware. Yes, yes. Actually, I, th thank you for mentioning that because I forgot to mention that. In fact, when I post the episode on my blog, I'll have to put, like, an explicit uh, warning there because I'm pretty and sure it got, it got – it's not that we're talking about terrible, terrible. But, you know, it's – you know, my father is a plumber. So it was very hard for me for me to talk about his voice and not interject cuss words because, well, that's my dad. 
All right. Well, thank you again, Matt. I really appreciate course, it. I love lo I love what you're doing. Like I can't even express to you, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, that people I really do think people aren't allowed to dream big enough in this country. And it's part of our problem of being scared to do, but it's also part of the culture that often doesn't support that. And I love that you're changing that one part of giving people the space to do it. So good well, job. Well, thank you. And you know, it's, it's funny that a country built on dreams, uh, is, has gotten quite a distance away from it. Uh, yeah. in the mainstream at least. Yeah. So that's a uh, whole other podcast. Yeah, it, it is. And that's why I was, I was, I was like, Oh, should I say this? Cause it's, it, it could be like a whole nother 20 minutes of conversation. But, but I think, I think that's true. I think that the, we've gotten away from it and it's a shame because it was built on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, so, well, thank you again, Matt. Yeah, for like Joe, the third thank time. You so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'll see you later, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the dreamers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.